God is building his church. And I know God is on the move in a big way at Woodlands Church because he's building and his church is you and me. The church is people, the family of God, and that's what God is doing. He's building his forever family. And he wants to get everyone in the family before he comes back. He's a builder. You know God is a builder. He built the universe with one word. And he builds people. God is a builder. He wants to build your marriage, for those of you who are married. He wants to build your family. He wants to build your business. He wants to build you in character and in faith. God's a builder. Do you believe God wants to build something into your life today that's gonna change your life? I know he does. So let's pray to him. Dear Lord, we thank you that you are a builder and this is your church and you're building your church and we get to be a part of it, Lord, because you're building us. Lord, you're building our lives and you're the only rock that we can build our lives on that's gonna last. And we know storms come into every life, but when we're built on you as our foundation, we will never fail, we will never fall because you will hold us up. Even when we start to fall and we mess up, you pick us up, and we thank you for that. Lord, build into us today something that will change our lives because I know this promise is for me, it's for everyone within the sound of my voice, and it's for our church. And I know, Lord, it's all about building. So build into us this powerful promise. Build into us encouragement, Lord. We need your encouragement today. We need your courage. We need your strength. We need your power. We need your miracles in our lives. And we need your blessing. So I pray, Lord, that you'd bless us today so we can be a blessing. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Remain standing. Why don't you greet somebody around you? Greet somebody around you. Get to know them. Yes. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Next thing you know, you're going to ask them what's their deepest, darkest sin. And to confess it, I mean, you guys are getting to know each other. I want to read to you this promise because we're in this series, Believe and Build, and we're learning how to believe God for greater things in our lives so that we can build a life that blesses others and builds the kingdom of God. And believing means expecting God to come through. It means preparing for God's blessing. It means making room for God to bless. If we don't make room, we miss the blessing. If we don't have room for God, we don't have room enough for his blessing. So let's look at this amazing promise that God really gave Chris and I, you know, several years back, and it's just been so true of our church, is we have sought to obey this promise, sought to obey the command, then God has fulfilled his promise. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who are never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth 
and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. Now you may be seated. When God speaks this promise to his people, it was a low point in Israel's history. They'd gone through a series of just terrible rulers, evil kings, and the kingdom had split. The land had been conquered by Babylon. Their temple had been destroyed completely. Most of the people were taken in captivity back to Babylon. And the few people who remained who loved God looked out over the land and they saw that everything was gone. Everything they cherished was gone. The land was barren. But God speaks to them and he says, burst into song, sing for joy because I'm getting ready to bless you. God says, I want you to be joyful. I want you to sing even before you see it. And God compares his people to a barren woman unable to have a child. And he says, I see your pain. I see your brokenness but I'm getting ready to birth something new in your life. I'm going to bless you with a giant family, growing beyond your wildest expectations. I'm gonna bless you beyond measure so you can be a blessing. And I believe God says to each and every one of us today, I see your pain, I see your brokenness, but I'm getting ready to birth something new and powerful in your life. Get ready for the blessing burst into song. I know you've burst into tears, but it's time to burst into song because I'm getting ready to do something new and powerful in your life. And then he tells us in Isaiah 54 two, I wanna kind of take this promise and break it down because this is the most important part of the promise. In verse two, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. So God says, I'm going to bless you, but you need to make room for the blessing. You need to build your tent bigger to make room. God says, have the faith to build it bigger and I'll be faithful to fill it. Now he talks about a barren woman and then she has her first child. A baby's arrival changes everything. When a new baby comes, parents have to make room. And usually something has to change so that they can make the baby's room. And they have to completely rearrange to make room. When that first child arrives, it really means rearranging your whole life, especially your sleeping schedule. It means just rearranging. You gotta make room for that little one. And when God arrives, you have to make room for him because God's presence in your life will expand your whole life. It will expand your expectations. It will expand your faith. It will expand your love for others. It will expand your plan for your life. It'll blow away your plan. He will expand your dreams. He will expand your whole life. He'll take over every room and he'll change everything. Now that's our part, to make room for God's blessings. But here's God's part. Look at it with me in verse four. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. God says, I'm your maker, the God of all the earth. I'm the maker of heaven and earth, and I'll make it happen. But we have to have the faith to make room for the maker. 
And that's what I'm calling this message. You gotta make room for the maker. You gotta make room for the maker because he's gonna make it happen if you make room. God reminds his people that he's the maker of heaven and earth so that they'll have the courage to step out and stretch in faith and build before he blesses. The people of Israel were dejected. They felt hopeless. They were walking around with their heads down and their hearts discouraged. And when they looked up, they didn't look all the way up. They would just look around and see the desolation in their land, that everything was gone, that nothing was left. And God says, lift up your head and look up to me. I'm the maker of heaven and earth, and I'll make a way for you. Look up to me. I'll make a way for you. And sometimes as Christ followers, we go through life with our heads down and our hearts discouraged. We're just looking down at the problem. We're looking at the barriers. We're looking at the dead end that we're facing. And our problems overwhelm us. But God says, lift up your eyes and look up to me. I'm the maker of heaven and earth. Did you forget? I made this infinite, ever-expanding universe, and I have the power to make a way for you. And I want to expand the blessings and influence in your life. I want to say to you today, if you're at a dead end, if you're looking down, if your heart is discouraged, and your problem looks so big that it overwhelms you, I want to say to you today, look up to the maker of the mountains because he wants to move your mountain, and he can. I want to say to you today, look up to the maker of heaven and earth because he wants to move heaven and earth to make a way for you. If you forget that, you won't stretch in faith. You'll shrink back in fear, and you'll miss out on the blessings. You won't make room for the blessings of God. Do you realize your maker can make something out of nothing? I want you to look at Hebrews 11.3. This is a really interesting and powerful verse. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Now, the Greeks in their mythology thought that the creation of the world resulted from the actions of their mythological gods using matter that already existed, and this matter they called chaos. But we know the scripture teaches that the one true God created everything out of nothing. He created everything out of nothing. Theologians use the Latin term ex nihilo, which simply means out of nothing to describe God's creation. God created ex nihilo. He created the whole world out of nothing. Now, human beings can create we can be very creative. God made us creative. We're made in the image of God. Our God who created the universe instilled within us creativity. But human beings can only create with what's already been created. We have to create from matter that's already been created. But God created all matter. God created everything out of nothing. The maker of heaven and earth can make something out of nothing. And that's so important to know because some of you are thinking, there's no love left in my marriage because of all the pain, it's just pushed it out. There's just no love anymore. It's just all pain. And the good news is this. God can create love where there is no love because the maker of heaven and earth can make something out of nothing. And maybe the stresses of life have just stolen your joy. You have no more joy. You're just numb going through the motions of life. The good news is this. God can create joy where there is no joy. Because the maker of heaven and earth can create something out of nothing. 
He doesn't need anything to work with. He can make it out of nothing. And maybe the storms of life have stolen your peace and you just fall into pieces and there is no peace in your life, just anxiety. God can create peace where there is no peace because the maker of heaven and earth can make something out of nothing. The maker of heaven and earth can make a way where there seems to be no way. And maybe you feel like you're at a dead end in some area of your life right now. Stop looking at the dead end and look up to the deliverer who's ready to deliver you. Maybe you can't see a way through. That's okay. The maker can make a way that you can't see yet. Maybe there is no way out. That's okay because the maker can make a way where there is no way. And God is reminding his people, I'm the maker of heaven and earth. Look up to me. He's saying, I'm the maker, but you're not. I made you. You didn't make me. There's no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. We're all God made. God made us all. Sometimes people walk around acting big and saying, I made it myself. I'm a self-made man, a self-made woman. I made it on my own. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I made it in life as a success. And No, there's no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. We're all God made and we depend on God for everything, whether we realize it or not, even our very next breath. God's the one who gave you the ability to work. He gave you the talents. He gave you the opportunity. He gives you the time. He determines the time and the number of your years and the number of your days on this earth. He gives you your very next heartbeat. We depend on God for everything. We just forget about that so often. We depend on God for everything, even our next breath, but so many times we forget how much we depend on God and we try to become the maker. When we look at how big and awesome God's creation is, then we feel small. And we begin to get a glimpse of God's greatness, just a little glimpse of God's greatness. When you realize that you're just one of eight billion people on this little ball tucked away in our enormous solar system that's just a little pinpoint in our galaxy called the Milky Way. And our Milky Way is just one of over 100 billion galaxies, just like our Milky Way, all throughout the ever-expanding universe that God created. And then some people have the audacity to walk around acting like they're a big deal. I'm real important. I'm successful. I'm famous. I got a lot of followers on social media. I'm a big deal. You need to look at me as a big deal. You need to treat me like a big deal. I'm big stuff. That's crazy. God is the maker. So we better make room for the maker. So how do we make room for the maker? Well, this passage tells us, this great promise tells us, as God says, I'm gonna bless you, I wanna bless you beyond anything you can imagine, but you gotta make room for me and my blessings. And Isaiah 54, two says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back. Now focus on that phrase, stretch your tent curtains wide. So how do you make room for the maker to do a miracle in your life? You stretch in faith. You have to stretch in faith because you can count on the maker to come through for you. Never be afraid to go out on a limb for God because he won't let you fall. He will always hold you up. He won't let you down. 
And so we have to stretch in faith. And that's uncomfortable when you stretch in faith, but it's like a rubber band. When you stretch it, that's when you have the power. It's in that tension. And so God wants to stretch our faith, and he wants us to stretch our faith. He says, I want you to enlarge the place of your tent. I want you to stretch out. I want you to stretch out and believe me for more in your faith. Hey, I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to stretch and say, look out, I'm stretching. I'm stretching out. I'm stretching out. I'm spreading out. And I don't mean with your stomach you're spreading out, but you're spreading out in faith. Some of you start spreading out over Thanksgiving. I know the feeling. Now it's time to stop spreading out before Christmas. But, but in faith, God says, you're stretching. You're spreading out. You're stretching so I can come through for you. And you can see that I'm real, that I care about you, and I'm powerful, the maker of heaven and earth. In Isaiah 44, 24, it says, this is what the Lord says. Your redeemer who formed you in the womb, I am the Lord, the maker of all things, who stretches out the heavens, who spreads out the earth by myself. Now focus on that phrase, who stretches out the heavens. God says, I stretched out the heavens so you can stretch out in faith and trust me. Now uh, look at the phrase, the maker of all things in that passage. The maker of all things. He's the maker of all things. The problem is, instead of trusting in the maker of all things, we start trusting in the things that he's made. Some people worship creation. They worship nature. They worship creation rather than the creator. And God says, I'm glad you're impressed with what I've made, but I want you to know me. If you like what I've made, you're gonna love me if you'll get to know me. But some people stop right there at creation and they worship nature. You know, they say, I go out into nature, and when I'm with nature, I'm with God. Nature is my church, because God is nature, and nature is God. We need to take care of nature, the Bible says. God says we're to be good stewards of the earth to take care of our planet, but we don't worship it. We worship the creator, not the creation. Then some people take what God has made, and they turn it into an idol, an idol is anything you put first place in your life rather than God. And so many times we put other things ahead of God in our lives, even good things. And it becomes an idol. In biblical times, they took things that God had made like wood and stone and bronze and gold and they would take it and they would fashion it and create it into a God that they would worship. I mean, they would cut down a tree and they would use part of it for firewood, and the other part they would carve into a god, and they would worship it. How ridiculous is that? But that's exactly what we do today. We take things that God has made, and we turn them into idols. A company can take material that God has made and turn it into a sports car. And someone can take that sports car and make it into an idol to put it ahead of God. Nothing wrong with sports cars. It's just that anything ahead of God will let you down. Anything in place of God will harm your life. It'll start controlling you. And some people take the opportunities and the abilities that God has given them, and they use it to make money, and that money becomes an idol. Nothing wrong with money. It's just that if it's more important to you than God, you don't control it. It controls you because idols control us. 
heard about a guy who bought a new Ferrari, and he was so excited about this new Ferrari, he wanted to test it out on the road, started going around a, a mountain road, and he was going as fast as he could because, hey, this car sticks to the road. You know, I can just really rev this thing up, but he got a little too cocky, and the Ferrari just went right off the cliff. But fortunately, he was able to jump out at the last minute, somehow get the door open and jump out. And, and when the police arrived, he was just there crying, crying like a baby, going, my Ferrari, my Ferrari, I can't believe it's gone. It just exploded down there. It's totally gone. And the police officer said, man, you got a lot more to worry about than your Ferrari. You've lost your whole left arm. And he looked down and said, my Rolex, not my Rolex too. No. And we laugh at that. Nothing wrong with Ferraris and Rolexes. It's just that we get so caught up in material things in this material world and we forget about the maker of all things and we start putting things that he's made ahead of the maker of all things and everything gets skewed. Our whole life gets out of balance. We're filled with anxiety and fear, and emptiness, because none of those things can fill the God-shaped hole in our hearts. So how do I make room for the maker and his blessings in my life? Because God wants to bless you, but he wants to bless you to be a blessing, to be a blessing to others, to build his kingdom. And so I have to stretch in faith and enlarge my tent to make room for God to fill it. So how do I do that? How do I stretch in faith? Trusting God to bless me. First, trust God even when you don't understand it. I've got to trust even if I don't understand it. In Isaiah 54, 2, again, it says, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. You see, a bigger tent means you need longer cords, and you have to drive your stakes deeper to hold it strong. You need a deeper, stronger faith to be able to stretch in faith. You need to get to know God better. You need to spend some time with God in his word. And when you begin to stretch in faith and he comes through, he builds your faith. You need stronger stakes to drive those stakes in the ground. It's so important for us. You see, we need those roots deep. So when the storms come, we stay strong. And we need those roots deep. We need those stakes deep so that we can grow. And God says, I'm not gonna bless you unless you're ready for the blessing. And I want you to stretch and drive those stakes deep. Build bigger. Make more room. And he says, longer cords. You know, those cords need to be longer when the tent is bigger so that it can be more flexible in the wind without blowing away. And we need a flexible faith that lets God be God, that lets the maker do the miracle his way. Usually we want God to explain everything to us before we trust him, and God says, no, you have to trust me even when you don't understand it. If it's in my word, trust me because I know what's best for you. And so we have to trust God and obey even when we don't understand it. But we try to control, we try to be the maker you know, he's the maker and we're not, but we try to be the maker and control things. And it's like, God, I'll trust you if you really explain this to me. But God says, no, it's in my word. I want you to trust me. I want you to step out in faith and trust me even when you don't understand it because I know what's best for you. You know, sometimes when my kids were little, I would tell them 
to do something that was best for them, that would protect them, and they didn't understand it. One time I was walking in the grocery store parking lot with my daughter as a little girl, and I grabbed her hand and held on tight so she'd be safe, and she tried to pull away and run. And I grabbed her hand even harder and tighter, and she said, ow, that hurts. And I said, maybe it hurts, but I'm protecting you from more hurt. I want you to be safe. And sometimes God tells us to do something we don't understand, and it may be a little scary. It may be a little uncomfortable. It may hurt just a little bit. But God says, I know what's best for you. I want to bless you. If you obey me when you don't understand it, you can trust me for the blessing. That's how you expand your tent. That's how you make room for the maker to bless you. You stop trying to be the maker and you just obey him. If it's in God's word, you do it because obedience brings blessing. If it's not in God's word, if God says don't do it in his word, you don't do it because obedience brings blessing and he knows what's best for us. But we try to, you know, mastermind it. We try to become the maker and say, yeah, maybe God's word says this, but I think this is best because we want to control. There's something about human nature. We want to be in control. In fact, casinos have done studies that show when someone's rolling the dice, whenever they want a bigger number and they need a bigger number, they roll the dice harder. When they need a smaller number, they roll it real slow to get that. That's the technique. If you want a smaller number, use that technique. Just roll it off your fingertips right at the end. Isn't that crazy? But that's us. You you know, we try to control everything when it's totally out of our control. Most of life is out of your control, but not God's. God is in control, but we try to be the maker. And you know what we make? We make a mess. So many times I've tried to be the maker thinking I know what's best and I ignore what God says and I just make a big mess. And then I realized, God, make her clean up my mess. It's kind of like my grandkids seem to go through that stage around two where they just come into the house and start dumping things over and knocking things over and breaking things. And, you know, even the toys we have, we have these drawers, you know, filled with toys and, and, and these buckets, you know, with like little cars and trains and all these things, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are big right now. They've come back. They've come back. Dinosaurs are back. And they'll just come at that certain age, you know. They're just, you give me 502-year-olds and I'll take over the world. I promise you. I mean, it's crazy. They'll just destroy everything in their path. They're like locusts. You know, they come through and it's, it's over with. But I, I'm telling you, they'll come in. They come in the house and they just go over the toys. And what do they do? Just dump them out. Just dump it all out everywhere. And that's what I do so many times. When I try to be the maker, I just make a big mess. Have you ever made a big mess? Here's the great thing. The maker of heaven and earth can take your mess and turn it into a miracle. And I've seen it in my life so many times. And then I realize, God, you're the maker. Forgive me for trying to control this. I just want to obey you and do what you say. Whether I feel like it or not, whether I understand it or not, I want to obey. In Proverbs 3, 5, It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. What a great promise this and don't, Don't lean on your own understanding. You can't trust your understanding. God's understanding is far greater than your understanding. All your wisdom is foolishness to God, but you've got God. 
to give you wisdom, to be your wisdom. So don't lean on your own understanding. Just trust him and follow him and surrender to his control. And God says here, if you do this, you can't take a wrong path. People ask me, you know, what's God's will for my life in this decision or that decision? I'm really struggling and it's okay to struggle with those things, but here's what God says. You surrender it all to him. You put him first in your life and you can't go wrong. Just decide, hey, take one, take a path. You can't go wrong. He won't let you go wrong when you surrender it to him, when you're trusting him, when you say, God, I give it up to you. I wanna do what you want. You can't go wrong. He will direct your paths. And so first, I have to trust even if I don't understand it. And if I'm gonna stretch and make room for the maker, secondly, I have to give even if I don't have it. Look at Isaiah 54, two and three from the voice paraphrase. I really like this. Enlarge your house. You're gonna need a bigger place. Don't underestimate the amount of room that you'll need. So build, build, build. You will increase in every direction to fill the world. Your offspring will take over the nations. Your people will revitalize long abandoned towns. God says, you build and then I'll bless. You give and then I'll give back. Build, 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 and you'll get blessed, blessed, blessed. And a lot of Christians give only when they have it. And they wait until the end of the month to give and they don't have anything. They just give the leftovers at the end of the month and they don't really have any leftovers at the end of the month, so they rarely give. And a lot of Christ followers only give when they feel like giving, when they're really motivated to give. They have these great feelings and they're inspired and then they give but they rarely feel like it, so they rarely give because they don't realize that giving is obeying God's command in his word, and it's an act of obedience that produces powerful feelings and God's blessing and favor in your life, and you give as an act of obedience out of habit, whether you feel like it or not. Do you pay your mortgage only when you feel like it? I don't think so, because it's important. Giving is a trust issue. It's a habit that you develop because you trust what God says. You trust Jesus enough in the area of your finances to step out in faith and stretch. And Jesus said, give, and I'll give back to you even more. In Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, for if you give, you will get. Your gift will return to you in full and overflowing measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, to make room for more and running over. Whatever measure you use to give, large or small, will be used to measure what is given back to you. When you make room for God, you make room for more. Jesus said, basically, you get to choose how much God blesses you by the way you give. The measure you use is going to be measured back to you and even more. I mean, the bucket that you use to give with, and maybe it's just a little spoon, is gonna be measured back to you. Maybe you just give a teaspoon, well, God will give you back a tablespoon. But if you want God to really give you the big blessings, then you've gotta give that bucket, and God brings in a dump truck, and he gives back blessings even more, because you can't outgive God, and it's a trust issue. It's what the Bible tells us. God's word gives us these promises if we stretch in faith. It's a trust issue. Do I trust Jesus and his word that he's going to give back to me more and he's gonna meet my needs? It's an act of obedience. And what's amazing is God says, test me in this. And we have a great chance to do that in our 
Believe and Build offering that's coming up December 9th and 10th. And I just want to briefly talk about it. We've been talking about it in this series, Believe and Build. It's the vision to get us started for the next 30 years that we believe God has called us to do, to stretch in faith. I have a friend who prays for me all the time, and he says, I pray for two things, Carrie. I pray for wisdom for you, for you and Chris to have wisdom and leading the church, and then I pray for God to always stretch you, that you'll never get comfortable, that God will always move you out of your comfort zone. You'll always stretch in faith so you can stretch us. And, and I say, can you just pray the first part of the prayer? Because I'm stretched out right now, you know? But it's such a good prayer because we have to always stretch because that's when you're alive. You stop stretching, start dying. And so God wants us to stretch. And what a great way to do that in our believe and build vision offering that's coming up December 9th and 10th. What we want to do and God's called us to do is rebuild the foundation for the next generation. This next generation will determine the future of this nation. Without a doubt, this next generation will determine the future of this nation because this next generation is the most faithless generation in American history. All the studies and surveys show that most of this generation coming up says faith is not important to me. It's not a big part of my life. But I'm telling you, it's totally different at Woodland Church. We have over 4,000 children and teenagers, students that are growing up here, coming here every week, studying God's word, standing for their faith, knowing that they have the maker of heaven and earth on their side and he's gonna make it happen and he can use them to change the world. They're crazy enough to believe the truth of God's word, that God can use them to change the world. And I'm telling you, we gotta get behind them. We gotta come beside them. We gotta do everything we can because I believe that 4,000 is gonna grow to 8,000 and 16,000. And I'm telling you, this generation is gonna change the world, either for good or bad. And right now, we're in a dangerous place. Christianity's only one generation away from extinction. And what they're gonna face out there, all the pressures to move away from faith, so many things coming against faith today, if we don't stand with them and encourage them, then there is no hope. Christianity's only one generation away from extinction, and it doesn't look good right now, except for in places like Woodland Church, where we have our kids and students growing up, fall in love with Jesus, strong in Jesus, ready to go out and believe the maker to make it happen for them. So we're gonna re renovate, we're gonna rebuild all of our student complexes, our student buildings to make room for more. And it's gonna cost about $5 million to Woodlands Campus and our Atascacita Campus, rebuilding, renovating, because they deserve it, they need it. And then we're gonna focus on families, to restore families, to rebuild the family foundation because that's a huge issue in our society as the family is falling apart, society falls apart. And so we're gonna rebuild families. One of the things we're gonna do is with recreation ministries, we're gonna build ball fields here at the Woodlands Campus, softball and soccer and baseball. And we're gonna have these really competitive leagues for kids. And some will be not very competitive, some of our leagues here, and some will be really competitive. But the coaches will be Christ followers from Woodland Church that'll spend about five, 10 minutes in devotional before each game. They'll be calling those kids and helping those kids grow in their faith and encouraging them to be in church, and that encourages the whole family. And one of the things I've noticed is that 
Sunday's not sacred anymore, and so many of the children's sports are on Sunday morning, and you know, I talk to parents sometimes, say, hey, we haven't been in church in a while because my kid plays on this ball team or has this dance competition or whatever it is, and it just takes us all over the place, and it, it puts parents in a really tough spot because they want their kid to do what they love and to be the best they can be at it, and it's so competitive in our area, but it takes their kid away from church, takes them away from growing in the Lord. And, and I'm telling you, parents, your kid has about a .0002% chance of making it to the pros of the major leagues. I know you're holding out hope and you're sure it's yours, you know, sure it's your kid. Maybe, maybe, maybe you'll win the lottery. Maybe you'll get eaten by a shark and struck by lightning at the same time. I don't know, you know. We don't know. But I know this, your kid has a 100% chance to stand before God one day. And we gotta prepare our kids, our students. And so we're gonna build these ball fields and we're gonna have men and women playing softball and basketball and all these things, all these leagues to bring, especially men in. You, you know, you reach a man, you change the family. And it's gonna cost two or three million dollars at least for those fields to build lighted fields and, and do it right. And then we're building our campus downtown because God calls us not to skip over Houston. But we wanna rebuild the cities with God's power. And so we're already building our Houston downtown campus in the East River Complex. We just don't have the money for it yet, but God's gonna use the Believe and Build campaign to do it. We build and God fills. We build it and they will come. Field of dreams principle. It works with God. You build it and they will come. And here's the thing. God's put us there and we're gonna reach people from all over Houston. By the way, we already have 200 people who've come to our vision meeting who go to Woodland Church, drive from the downtown area, from the west side, east side, heights, all those places. They come here and they're excited about us starting there so they can invite all their friends and we're opening up on Easter Sunday. Now look at the campus. Right now it doesn't look quite like this, but that's the finished product. It's gonna seat seven or 800. We'll have to keep going to more and more services, a great children's area. We're gonna have ministries for the kids, and we're most excited that we nestle up to the historic Fifth Ward. We've already been down there talking to leaders and great pastors, and we're just gonna come alongside them and say, you're doing a great work. You know what to do. How can we help out? How can we minister? And if it's after school programs, sports programs, whatever it is, then we're gonna just invest with them and we're gonna help them and we're gonna come alongside them to make a huge difference in our city. And then we're gonna increase all of our ministries and all of our missions that are making such a difference in lives. We're gonna do some renovations around here that need to be done at our campuses. The whole thing, the Believe and Build Vision is about $30 million over and above our regular giving so our regular ministries and missions don't suffer. We said 30 years we've been going and now it's 30 million, 30 and 30, so that we can get off to an amazing start for this next 30 years. And so we're asking everyone to be a part of it for your sake, for my sake, everyone to be a part of it. Pray and ask God what you should give for his glory, and really for your good. This is a great chance to go on an adventure with God, to watch God work in one of the most important areas of your life. 
It's a great way to step out in faith and stretch and watch God give you more than you could ever imagine. It's a great time to enlarge the place of your tent, to make room for the maker who's gonna do something miraculous in your life. So here's what we're asking everyone to do. Pray about what you should give as a one-time gift, December 9th and 10th, the end of the service, the big offering. You can give it now, it doesn't matter. You can give it any time, but December 9th and 10th is the, the emphasis for the offering. Pray and ask God what you should give sacrificially over and above your regular giving, one-time gift, over and above. And we can't all give the same amount, but we can all sacrifice. Someone here give $10, $15, and God will count it as so much more in heaven because you're out of work. You're going through a tough financial time, and you want God to work in your life and in your finances. And so in faith, you give 10 or $15, and that's a sacrifice. Others of you would have to give six figures for it to even be felt and a sacrifice. We can't all give the same amount, but we can all sacrifice, and we can all give and watch God work in our lives. So pray about that one-time gift, and give not based on reason, give based on revelation. What is that? If you give based on reason, you give based on, well, what can we give? You give based on revelation, you give based on how God wants you to give, and you pray and ask him to reveal it to you, and you step out in faith, giving what you don't have so he can give you so much more. And what a powerful thing to see. And then we're asking everyone to give, make a two-year commitment to what they believe God could come through for them in the next two years. You can give more in two years than you can at one time. And so pray about that and let it be a stretch of faith for you. It's not a pledge. No one's gonna hold you accountable for it, but it's just a chance to go on an adventure with God, to say, God, could you bless me this much so I could give this much? God, could you do that? Stretch in faith and watch God bless and watch God work. And so how do you do it? Well, let me just take you to our online website. In fact, you can just get the QR code right now. It'll take you to Believe and Build. But you can go online to our website, and then you click the Believe and Build site, and it takes you to your faith commitment. We commit to give this amount in faith over the next two years. And you put that in, and it doesn't come out of your account. And no one holds you accountable for it. It's not a pledge, but it's just a faith commitment to say, God, could you do this in my life? I want to step out in faith. And then you fill that out, and then you submit, and then it goes to give now to give your one-time gift. And that does take you to our secure giving site. And then you put in your Believe and Build one-time gift over and above your regular giving. Now, here's the thing. If you've never practiced tithing, giving back the first 10%, maybe that should be your commitment to start that recurrent giving, tithing. Giving God the first 10% because God says, I'm gonna open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing on you you can't even contain. I'm going to bless you in ways that are more important than money, but I'm also gonna bless your finances. See, to make room for the maker of heaven and earth to bless you, first, you gotta trust God even if you don't understand it. Secondly, you've gotta give even when you don't have it, trusting God to come through. And thirdly, to stretch in faith and make room for the maker, I've gotta sing even if I don't see it. Look at Isaiah 43, 19. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Focus on that phrase, do you not perceive it? God says, I'm making a way where there seems to be no way. Can't you see what I'm doing? 
God says, can you perceive it? You can't see it with your physical eyes, but you can see it with your spiritual eyes. You can perceive it. And you say, no, God, I can't see it. It looks like a dead end to me. And God is saying, no, that's just a doorway to your destiny. You see, God is working behind the door. He's already preparing the way. He's making a smooth path. He's preparing the way for his blessing. And soon that door is gonna come open and you'll say, that wasn't a dead end. It was just a doorway to my destiny. God was preparing the way the whole time. He was just working behind the door and I couldn't see it. Perceiving means that I thank God that he knows what he's doing even when I can't see what he's doing. It's acknowledging, God, you're working. I don't see it, but you're working. Look at Psalm 134 too. It says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. When you praise God after he works a miracle, that's called gratitude and it's really important. But when you praise God before the miracle, that's called faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God and faith activates the miracles of God. God paves a way when we praise him. It's not jumping up and down, thanking God. God, there's a dead end in front of me. Woo, this is so exciting. No, it's like, God, I feel like I'm at a dead end. I can't see what you're doing, but I'm gonna praise you that you're the maker of heaven and earth and you're making a way for me. I will praise you that you will make a way and you will come through and you'll make it happen. That's thanking God in advance. And God allows those praises to pave the way for a miracle. I don't understand it completely. It's amazing to me that God allows me to be a part of the miracle. Praising him paves the way. And we're gonna do that in just a moment. But first, I wanna lead us in prayer. Dear God, maker of heaven and earth, remind us again that you're the maker of the universe. You're the maker of the cosmos, and yet you care about every detail of our lives, and your promises are always true. And you tell us today, make room for me, because I'm getting ready to birth something new and powerful in your life. Make room for me and I'll make it happen. Make room for my blessings. Lord, help us to do that. So many times we shrink back in fear, but just be our faith, the step out in faith, the trust you for bigger things, for greater things. And we thank you, Lord, that you're going to do it. I pray for those, Lord, who right now are facing a dead end and they can't see a way out, that you would just show them that you're making a way. They just can't see it right now but you're working behind the scenes. You're getting it ready and you're about to knock the door down so they can step into their destiny. It's not a dead end, it's a doorway to their destiny. And Lord, encourage them to keep taking steps of faith, to be faithful and you will come through. And Lord, I pray for those who've never received you into their life that they would just pray this prayer right now in the silence of this moment and in their heart. Dear Jesus, I'm tired of trying to control everything, so I give up to you, the maker of heaven and earth. And I ask you to come into my life. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of all my sins. I accept your free gift of salvation in heaven one day. Be the Lord of my life from now on. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, now we're gonna take our offering, our regular offering, and so our ushers are gonna come right now and take the offering. And you can also go to wc.org and give. You guys worshiping online, you can take out your phone and text the word give WC to 77977. You can give stocks, you can give assets, you can give right here, you can mail in your gift. Doesn't matter, just 
give to the Lord because you love him and you love what he's doing through the ministries and missions of Woodland Church. Hey, God is working at Woodland Church and we're moving into the most amazing time of the year at Woodland Church, My, the most exciting time to me at Woodland Church. We're moving into this Christmas season. Have you gone to the Festival of Lights yet? It's pretty amazing. It's awesome, unbelievable. You know, we have the Festival of Lights and you can get tickets online on our website or you can walk up and get tickets, but everything out here is free. It's so fun for the kids. And then you go on the Christmas Story Walk as we've teamed up the, with the people who do the zoo lights and all that. And, but ours is all about the real Christmas story. And that's $10 just to cover some of the costs uh, because it's a ministry and our whole goal is to give people an invitation to Christmas Eve. Our first night we had... Over a 1,000 people come through, and then last night, I think it was about the same, and it's tonight, and it's every night except for Monday night. So just keep that in mind. It starts tonight at uh, 5.30, I believe, right there at dark, and then we're getting ready for Christmas Eve. Can you believe that? Our Christmas Eve services, just watch. It's going to be great. Start inviting friends. Let's stand together. Let me ask you this. Do you believe God's going to make a way for, for you? Are you going to stretch in faith and get ready for God to make a way? Stretch again and just kind of hit the person next to you. It's okay. Pretend like you're on an airplane. You're trying to get a little room. You're trying to make a little room. Yeah. Tell them, I'm going to stretch this week. Get ready. I'm going to stretch. Maybe you can't see what God's doing right now, but he's making a way because he is the way maker, isn't he? Let's sing before we see it. How about that? And God blesses the praises of his people. He inhabits those praises. And so let's sing in advance because that's faith. And God blesses our faith. Our singing and praising paves the way. Maybe you can't see it right now. Maybe you're at a dead end, but he's making a way. He's making a way. It's about to spring forth. He's making a way. You just can't see it. He's working behind the scenes, and he's getting it ready. Don't give up. He's making a way, and he's going to show you the way, and he's going to lead you through. So make room for the maker this week. Make room for the way maker who makes a way where there is no way. So let's sing that to him. Let's believe it, and let's look forward to what he's going to do. Expect a miracle this week. Well, in church. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.